Get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus, I am your host. We are doing another Arsenal history episode. This is episode six, actually. Uh, I've got it wrong. We've done the, the overall one and then the other five episodes. This is 86 to 96, the George Graham era. Uh, I am joined by old man Trev. I am joined by our good friends of the show, which is Mark and Andy. Uh, Mark, how are you doing? Your audio should kick in any second now. How are you doing? Not bad, mate. Not bad at all. Very nice. A of and a number cup. And a number 10 on there. And a famous, uh, another new, hopefully very famous number 10 assigned for us uh, this week, which is really good. Smith Yeah, but that's Merson, mate. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Well, uh, because Mercy is hot and Mercy, I, I poured a scotch. I just think it's far better. Like that. Uh, Andy, how are you? Very well, thank you, gentlemen. Nice to see you again. Becoming something of a habit. <laughs> it, it is. It is. It's, it's becoming Friday night special, isn't it? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we, we have, we, we've had a little bit of preview of what we're going to have for... Uh, the next episode, we have a, a bucket hat that Mark had for the 2017 Cup final, which he uh, is not going to show us today, but we saw it beforehand and we'll have it for next week when we go through the era that Mark doesn't really want to talk about, but he just sold himself into it by giving us that hat, so you can't well, get out now. Well, no, obviously, as, as 17 final was a good final, I just thought I'd show, show you what I was wearing on the very day that we won the FA Cup. Okay. Okay. Well, we're eighty-six to ninety-six right now. Um, Trev, uh, you're facing the wrong way, mate. Yeah, I know, Fergus. Your sound's not brilliant. I can hardly hear you, which is quite pleasant, actually. <laughs> I just thought I'd let you know. There you go. There's my lad for the season. Hey, boy. Oh, I'll turn it around now. I've, I've, I've never had a shirt with a name on. I very rarely, if ever, wear an Arsenal shirt. Normally, only at cup finals. But I think that boy deserves my support, our support this year, and he's certainly getting mine, Fergus. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back there and wearing this shirt to a few games. Actually, okay, I... it's a, it, look, it looks nicer on you than it does on the photos. That's because, because I'm an That's because don't I'm an that. Really don't do that. Don't yeah. do that. <laughs> Just can't feed his ego like that. <laughs> no, 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 it's the shirt, isn't it? It's not him, it's the shirt. Oh, I thought it was yeah, lasting too long, that Mark. Oh? Yeah, here, here, I, I was looking for like some romance music or something to go on in the background. It would have been really, really nice to do just at that very moment in time. But hey, well, hey no, when it's photographed, the shirt looks bloody awful, but, but on someone, it actually looks quite good. It, it, to be honest, I'm, I'm not keen on the, the, the blue stripes at the top. Um, oh, I, I like prefer that. the whites. Mm. And I, like I was going to say the same. I don't get them. Don't get it. Yeah. Oh, well, oh, um, I, I'm, I'm all right with the IX sort of base, but the, the Man United stripes, no, nah, not for me. Um, anyway, let's move on. Enough of uh, stroking Trevor's ego. Uh, we're looking at May, May 1986. George Grimm was installed as Arsenal manager after a successful spell as a, um, in third division Millwall. Uh, Trevor, you, you you put the question to me uh, about um, you know if we had employed George Graham as our manager, 
considering the way that uh, Arteta has been received and Emery has received, etc., how how would he be received on social media in this day and age? First of all, your thoughts back then, Trevor. I'll go to you first. Uh, since you're um, uh, preening yourself. Um, your thoughts back then and your thoughts about how people might uh, behave today. Well, it's really interesting, Fergus. Firstly, we're now entering an era when I stopped going to many Arsenal games. My kids were born in the mid-80s. And so I went from going to almost every game to very few games. Um, George Graham was appointed. I, I didn't see it coming with George Graham. I didn't hear many rumours about it. He'd been, he, he's obviously a legend at the Arsenal, someone, a player that I loved, that, that I liked very much. And he'd been successful at Millwall, but I didn't see him, these boys might, might know differently, but I didn't see him coming to the Arsenal. But he came and, and there was lots and lots of whispers from the fans about what are we doing? He's, he's not been experienced enough at the top level. He's got no track record at the top level. Um, but Arsenal gave him a chance. And, there's, there's over the course of this this program, Fergus, we can draw many, many um, similarities to where Arteta is now. I think, if I'm honest, um, and that's the first one. Arteta's coming to the to the management. You know, he's had some coaching, but he's never been a management at the top level. And that was the case with George. And I honestly think that looking at social media nowadays and and looking at um, looking at how they get on managers' backs very easily. Um, I think George might have got absolutely slaughtered, to be honest. And I'm so pleased that social media wasn't about and he didn't get slaughtered and he was left alone for three seasons to build what turned out to be an amazing side. Mark, your thoughts on on the appointment of him, his record at Millwall uh, and obviously... The history he had with the club, he was captain uh, and he was involved in cup-winning sides in the 70s. Uh, what, what was your thoughts on on his appointment as a manager back then? I know you're only going to be a young lad, but like from a historian and author point of view. No, I mean, from pretty much what, what Trev said, really. I mean, you, you weren't expecting it. Um, but, I mean, to, to be honest, in those days, you know, people used to speak around the pubs, but you never, it was, wasn't this obsession about who the manager is and this and that. And, you know, if you... It's just like he is the manager, and 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 that's it. You know, there was not sort of like great beating of breasts and saying his crap all the time. I mean, Trev's right. Obviously, people were worried about it, but I mean, I, I, I didn't. I never saw. You know, I, I never thought anything like that. You just thought, well, he's the manager. Get let's get on with it. Support hmm. Arsenal. No, there's no more. You know, I mean, personally, I I, I I've never really got involved, interested in the stuff off of, other than. The, other than the actual physical crowd stuff. I've never been interested in how the other club functions. It's just a football club, isn't it? Um, it's a hobby, isn't it? It's a, it's a, it's a passion. It's, it's something that we support and we enjoy doing for yeah, social but reasons. So today there seems to be such an obsession yeah. with how the clubs run, how much money they make for so-and-so. And you can't be in charge of any of that. It's, it's, it's nope. something else. You know, someone else's role to do that, not yours. You're just a fan. Just, just you know Fergus, Fergus, in support of Mark there, Mark, Mark has absolutely nailed it there. My recollection of a fan in those days is that you never really worried much about money. The club was making money or losing money or who was in charge or who was doing what. It was just a case you were going to football to watch your team and you were going to support your team, whoever was in charge. 
And whoever was playing for them, mm. whether we finished 17th in the league or whether we finished first in the league, you still went to every game. You still met your mates. And that has changed massively. And Mark nailed it with that. Money and money and management and, and coaches. Yeah, we looked at who they were and, 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 and we studied them. And, but it wasn't that important. You went to support ask the Arsenal Football Club. That was number one. And it, I don't think it is number one anymore in this day and age, mate. Mm. No, I don't think it is. Andy, um, add, add anything you want to that, but also uh, let's follow on with George Graham's sort of strict disciplinary uh, approach, both on and off the pitch, um, and how he built uh, that back four with Tony Adams uh, as the centrepiece. And we looked at uh, how that discipline off the pitch uh, disintegrated over the years as well. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm the same as, as Trev and Mark in, you know, at, at the time he was he was appointed, but there wasn't anyone to discuss it with anyway, because he was appointed in May and, you know, it was in the close season. There was no social media, nothing, no, no way to interact with other fans unless you knew them. You know, I, I had a few mates at work that were Arsenal fans and we probably really didn't dis discuss it that much. Oh, George Graham's a new manager. Most of us at work were too young to have seen him play in the double season so we didn't really know what he was like and we hadn't really followed him at Millwall because you know they, they were a third division team we might have picked up on them you know every so often in well we, it, the only thing you ever heard about Millwall really was the was the fans you know that's all we really knew about Millwall we didn't know how, how well George Graham was there we weren't following Millwall knowing that George Graham was manager so it was a, it was a shot out of the blues. So I suppose some people were expecting Terry Venables and I don't mm. know if Bobby Robson's name might have been thrown in in the ring at some point. But he was appointed very early, you know, sort of in the close season. So there wasn't like loads of speculation throughout the summer. I think, uh, I think Ferguson was in the in the frame, wasn't he as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? So all them big names are in the frame. I mean. Venables at the time, if I remember rightly, was manager of Barcelona. Mm -hmm. Bobby Robson was just as he always was all through his career, a very highly respected and a, and a, and a great man of football. And typical Arsenal, they gave it to George Graham, who what he had in his favour was he had Arsenal in his blood, didn't he? He'd won stuff mm -hmm. for us. He yeah. knew the club and uh, and he sort of he, he he was a smart man. He was always a, dressed immaculately when he sort of fitted in nicely with your thoughts about the marble halls and the hill woods and how Arsenal was run at the time. And Graham with his blazers and ties and he immediately got all the players in their blazers and ties, didn't he? Do you remember how smart yeah. we were? Yeah. And, and, and we changed. We, we were like that almost overnight with Graham. Yeah. I think he called players up, like some players had earrings. I think Charlie Nicholas and Graham Ricks and he said, I don't want you wearing them. Uh, yeah. And, and he, he, early on, he, 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 you know, going back to what you were saying, Ferguson, about his discipline, early on, if you read David O'Leary's uh, autobiography, he said that Graham treated everyone exactly the same when he came in because he didn't know any of the players. So any players that had a contract coming up, he said, I'll offer you a year's extension on your contract and then we'll look at it next year. And that's what that's the state O'Leary was in. Yeah. And O'Leary was sort of like, I'm in an R in, but he, he decided to stay. Martin Keogh decided to go. You know, he wanted a pay rise. He was coming through. Uh, but then Graham must have known about certain players. And there was obviously some sort of a clique 
in, in the in the club. So you know, Rick, uh, not Rick, sorry, uh, Tony Woodcock went and Paul Mariner went. So some of the the older players uh, and, and those uh, we're, in, we're in a little uh, this little clique together. And he, he was happy to bring on the, the younger players, you know, the likes of Tony Adams. And, um, you know, eventually brought in Michael Thomas and, uh, you know, Niall, Niall Quinn was already doing quite well mm. there. Um, so he, he put his faith in the youth. And that was probably, you know, from what I've read, is that it's because they would do what he told them. He said, I want you to yeah. do this, and they would do it. And he could mould them. You know, and he, but also... The, the- they would they wouldn't have the money of the, uh, today's players. They, 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 the the symmetry with what Arteta is trying to do and what George Graham is doing, uh, from being a former player to winning stuff to being the manager to try and uh, have certain about amount of class is just unreal. Um, he appointed Tony Adams the youngest captain at seventeen. Trevor. Um, he also brought in the likes of David Rowcastle, Paul Merson, Alan Smith. Uh, and provide us a, a, a great attacking threat. What do you uh, remember of these players? Go, go, go. Sorry, Andy. I was looking I'm at not. my script. <laughs> you're, you're quite... <laughs> okay. uh, Tony Adams wasn't the youngest captain. And he certainly was a captain at 17. I love this. Okay. Ter- Terry Neal was the Arsenal's youngest captain. Yeah. And he still I is to this day. That, but I'm not arguing <laughs> with you, eh? Yeah, I wouldn't have known yeah. that. But, but everybody says the folklore says that that if you watch all the the the, the huff and puff and Sky Sports and Talk Sport and everything else, they say he was the youngest captain and he was okay. appointed captain in seventeen. So they, they've obviously not read, that, not, not read our website, have they? Which shows you no, they haven't. When Terry, when Terry Neal was appointed as permanent captain, and he was younger than when Tony Adams captained the team, permanent or not, permanent or temporary. Okay. There you go. Okay. And also, uh, Rowcastle was brought in the season before by Donnell. Yeah. <laughs> also, which is in his place tonight. <laughs> <laughs> See, oh, right, okay. You mentioned his signings there, but you didn't mention that George brought in some players from the lower leagues. Like, I'm going to put, uh, it was Perry Groves, wasn't it? Ian Allen, was it lads? They both came from. No, he, he was there before. He was already there. He was already there. Perry Groves. Who was the other one then? The other one that came in. There was two. Perry Groves. In the in the first season, he only bought two players. So Go on. Going back to finances, the club was pretty much skint. So the first player he bought was Perry Groves for probably thirty or forty grand from Colchester. Yeah. And the second player he bought was Alan Smith at the end of the season, and he loaned them. Uh, loaned him back to Leicester for the end of the season. Yeah. And then after that, you know, the likes of Dixon and Bold came in from Stoke and Winterburn. Um, Merson. Well, Merson came up through the youth team. Going back to what Trev said last week about going, you know, Jeff Barnett and watching him in the reserves. I'd been going to see the reserves for like two years before George Graham came along. And I've been telling all my mates on the terraces about all these great players in the reserves. And they, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they started coming through, you know. Well, Adams had already made his debut, but Rowcastle, Thomas, um, Merson. And, and I said, you know, the, the other players playing well. Hayes. In Sorry? Hayes. When did Hayes broke through on the ground, didn't he? I think he started playing in 85, 86. Season before. Yeah, Don Howe gave him his debut. 
But he, Martin Hayes in the reserves was was brilliant, honestly. Yeah. And, I, and I think he was given a rough ride by the Arsenal fans. They expected mm. far too much of him. And yeah. um, if he'd been given, yeah, you know, a bit like John Samuels, and if he'd been given a, a bit of an easier time, I reckon he would have turned out to be a much, much better player than, than yeah. uh, he, he, you know, we thought of him. Mm. I'd love to meet John Samuels. You know, I know we're getting back before mm. our time now, Fergus, but I did warn you this could be a long one tonight because this we're now getting in all of our eras. Last week it was just me being a bit older, but now these boys are writing it as well. And I, I can remember going as a kid and remember the fans booing Samuels, you know. Before he'd even started the game, they'd boo John Samuels. And for the life of me, I could never work out why because I never thought he had a bad game, to be honest. <laughs> So he scored some really important goals for the Arsenal, and and in the end they drove him out. We sold him to Leicester, didn't we? And, yeah. and Gus Caesar gets a bad press as well for for one particular game. He, oh, 88, um, I was there. Yeah. But he was fouled. You watch the video again, and he was fouled. You know, and that you know that, that you pull him up for the mistake, but he was fouled in the build up to that, and he yeah. it was wasn't his fault at the end of the day. Before but, he, you know, again, in the reserves, he was a great player. Yeah. Before we jump to 88, and 87, we finished fourth. Previously, we finished seventh, seventh, sixth, and tenth. Um, but we also reached the um, cup final, the Littlewoods Cup final um, against Liverpool. Um, in the semi-final, uh, Sorry, we... Can we, just, can we just go back to something else that happened in 86, 87, Fergus? Go on. So, although we finished fourth... Just looking at the table, on the 15th of November, we went top of the league. And that was part of a 17-match unbeaten run. So, to do that, and you, you know, the early part of the season had been a bit stuttering. And I think we went, was it one, two, four league games without scoring a goal? And the papers were basically taking the mickey out of Arsenal for not being able to score. And then we scored and we kept scoring. And we've gone from 15th in the league up to first. And we stayed there until well into the new year. So for a lot of us to see Arsenal come from sort of like in the lower part of the table in the same season up to the top and then stay up there. I hadn't, I'd never seen that in all the years mm. that I've been going. I've been going there for 10 years. Never seen anything <laughs> like it. And what, 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 what? Cause was that what was that Graham or, or, or what was the what was the turning point then? I, I think it was it was just he came in with Theo Foley. They put their emphasis on defence. We stopped conceding goals, and then the team started to click. You know, he, he's obviously pushing them hard in training, getting them well drilled, and all of a sudden they all started to click. All these you know seasoned pros mixed with the younger players, and he moulded them, and they just. They just clicked and off they went. The full Monty film wasn't out by then, was it? So because they no, had no. offside rule. Joke, no. joke, 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 joke. <laughs> it, it's interesting, Fergus. In that, that we we had three games against Tottenham in the semi final, which we can talk about in a minute, mate. But I don't know whether it was because we had a few youngsters in the team and their minds were elsewhere. But between winning the semi final of the League Cup against Tottenham and, and winning the final of the League Cup against Liverpool. We didn't win a league game. We lost four and we drew one, mm. and that 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 really shot us. Was shot shot us in the league. That that was the end of the, any any opportunity we're going to do any good in the league. I think, but um, the semi-finals against Tottenham are a story in themselves, mate. 
Um, I, I, I don't know, Mark, were you at the game? No. No, Andy? No. Yeah, so I went to I went to the first game at Highbury. And all I seem to remember, we, we always seemed to be a goal behind in, in, all the time. Yeah. You know, it was a bit of a shock. I think Clive Allen scored, didn't they? Yeah. In the, in the, you know, but Tottenham had a very good team at the time. I hate to say it, but they had a very, very good team. And uh, losing at Highbury, I, I, I thought, you know, a bit of a, I don't can't see us coming back from that, especially having to go to White Hart Lane. And then we went a goal down at White Hart Lane as well. We did. But I think it was that game that uh, they announced at half time. Yeah. Uh, how Tottenham fans could get tickets for the final. Andy. You've got to stop this now. You're nicking my lines, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and so George Graham has said, listen to that. Listen to that. You go out there and they came out and they played brilliantly. And we came back and scored a couple of goals to bring it to two all. There was no away goals rule. In it. I, th I think there were, it was really weird the way that they worked the away goals rule in, in the competition that season. Because let me just check. I think it was that season... Oh no! It was the following season, but I, I think that it, in the in the second round it was over two legs, and it worked that if you that if the scores were level after the ninety minutes of the second leg, you had to play extra time, and then and away goals it didn't count, but at the end of the extra time, away goals counted, and then when they get to the semi final, that had all gone out the window, so none of us knew what was supposed to happen. Did we win because we scored two away goals? Or does it go to a replay? But it went to uh, a replay. and uh, That was at went... White Hart Lane, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was there for that one. I didn't go to the, the first game at White Hart Lane. I went to the second one. The atmosphere was absolutely incredible. It was electric. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we've gone a goal down again. So constantly. And then late in the game, uh, we equalised. And then, you know, right at the death, we, we, we scored the winner. And you know, I was in the park lane end, and it was you know, absolute mayhem in the upper tier. It was. Limbs everywhere. Limbs, Limbs everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. So, and uh, Ro Rocky Castle and Alisson uh, uh, saw us through um, by scoring those two goals. And we ended up in the final. Uh, Ian Rush scored first. Uh, record shows that when he scored first, Liverpool win, but not this no, time. Um, no, no. When he scores, Liverpool don't lose. Don't lose. Okay. What? You could have corrected that when I sent you this. I told strength. you that earlier. What's the matter with you? Okay. We're trying to give people information here, Fergus, and have a good chat, and, and you're just making basic errors, son. What's going on? What's going Fine. on? Okay. <laughs> On the stroke of half-time, Charlie Nich Nichols um, prodded a gift. Uh, uh, he's basically scored. And um, Perry Groves came on as a substitute and found Nichols for the second shot. And uh, we win 2-0. Uh, and we win um, the League Cup for the first time in our history. Uh, Mark, your thoughts on, on, on that game, that performance? Uh, Perry Groves from Colchester? Well, the first thing to say is that, um, and I, I think Trevor might be trying to get here to say it's Nicholas. Nicholas, yeah, I'm crap with that one. And we also won 2-1, not 2-0, mate. 2-1 is Rush did score. Ian Rush did score, yeah. Listen, Trev, um, 
I'll leave you carry on. Yeah, I'm. I'll see you later. <laughs> I love you, son. I love you. From a historical perspective, if you, if you look at it that way, you could say that the semi-final was the start of modern Arsenal because it was it was the first, as Andy pointed out, we were top of the league, or well, we were top of the league at that, in that season. We'd obviously chopped off a little bit. Um, but winning that, the semi-final, the way we won it, the resilience I showed, and also, as Andy said, the, the actual the buy-in from the crowd, from, from the fans, was was brought everything together. Um, and, the, and the final was just like, I know, I, I sort of half expected us to win, even though Rush had scored. I, 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 I didn't go, I watched, I watched it on the telly. Um, but it was, it was, I don't know, it was just, a, it was just odd, you just expected us to win. You know, it, it was weird. Really, really, really weird. Um, even yeah, against... Yeah, Even against informed Liverpool, because Liverpool, Liverpool, Liverpool were the Harlem Globetrotters of uh, first division oh, of football. Were. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you, but you, I don't know. You just had a feeling that we were going to win. It's it's one of those things. It's just like it's like eighty nine. I don't want to come to it, but it, on the day, up until the day, I thought we were going to lose. And on the day, I watched it with my mate who I used to go all the games and a Liverpool fan, and he was giving it the big one, and I just sort of suddenly said to him, "We're going to win this game." You know, I didn't think of it before, and all of a sudden, just because he was such an arrogant whatnot, it was like, well, we'll, we'll win it. And you, you sometimes have a feeling before a game, um, and it normally does come true, which is a bit of a pisser, really, because when you know you're going to lose, you're going to lose, aren't you? So, you know. Yeah, that's, that's... So, 88, we finished sixth in the league. We're runners-up in the League Cup. Uh, so can I just go back? On... On... Go, go, just go back. Yeah. No, this, this Ian Rush record... Do you know, yes. after that game, do you know when the next time that Liverpool uh, lost a game when he scored? Against us. No. Eh? <laughs> the, against the, the following week against Norwich. <laughs> <laughs> We've broken properly. <laughs> so... Uh, in '88, the league uh, league cup run was uh, trips to Doncaster, Sheffield. You went uh, Sheffield Wednesday away, and that uh, infamous uh, horrible fi um, uh, final against Luton um, in the um, in the league cup, uh, the Littlewoods Cup, as it was called then. Um, final. Trevor, talk to me about that because we've talked a few times about that cup run. The 88 one. I know you didn't get to as many of the games as you'd like to with young families and stuff like that, but you do remember the games. Well, do you know what, Fergus? Strangely enough, although I didn't get to many games, I went to a lot of the games in that cup run, and it brings me back a smile. That Apart from the final, it brings back a smile because we, we, we're playing at Doncaster. We're, we're away at Doncaster. It's an evening game, and it's freezing cold, and uh, me and my mate Paul, we thought we had a phone call to each other the day before and we said, right, we're going to go tomorrow, but we're both going to have to phone in sick because we were both, we both worked in the railway industry at the time. We we're both on afternoons. We worked at Stratford, at Stratford train crew depot. So I said to him, right, you ring in in the morning about nine. I said, no, I'll ring in about half nine, quarter to 10. So anyway, he must've rung in because I rung in and the, the, the foreman knew we were both Arsenal fans I mean, I went, hello, hello, whatever his name is. Hello, mate, it's Trev Elliott. And he said to me, you're going sick, aren't you? I said, I'm not very well. How did you know that? He said, because your mate's just rung in and gone sick. So I said, oh. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I said, I'll ring you tomorrow if I feel better. He said, yeah, all right, you do that and put the phone down on me. 
So we goes on a train to Doncaster, right? And it's the old ground. It was right opposite the race course at Doncaster. What was uh, Bellevue? It was called, I think, the old Doncaster football ground. And it had a weird little away end. It was only about, it was about a third of one end, you know. And you're all caged in, no roof on it. And um, it was a great night in the end because all the all the Arsenal players came out to warm up, and I can remember having a chat with Lukic before the game started. And you know, in them days, everyone played in the League Cup. But we get us on the train to come home, and we we managed to sneak on the Arsenal special coming home. We'd gone up on the ordinary train, and we got down the line a bit. I don't know where far down the line we got, and the train stopped, and we were dying at first. We'd been on a beer all night, and we're on this train. So I just thought, right, I'm going to jump off this train and see if I can get a tap quick at this station, get a drink. And as I jumped off the train, this copper came running along the platform from nowhere, Give me a massive, great right hook to the side of the head and say, get on that train, you little shit. Right? Excuse my language. So my tail went between my legs and I jumped back on the train and we came home. But we got through to the uh, to the next round. Where and and, think, and you, well, you're, you're what, about 55 then or whatever, 55, 56? 46. 46. 46. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, 46. I was only, yeah, I was, I, and I got in trouble and, was it the next round? I'm just looking here. Was it the next round when we played? No, no, we played Bournemouth after that. I didn't go to that game, Fergus. But then we we drew uh, Sheffield Wednesday, I think. In, no, then we played Stoke. Then when did we play Sheffield Wednesday? In the fifth round, we played Sheffield Wednesday, right away. So there's a few of us want to go, and we thought, well, we're not doing what we did with Doncaster with a train. Well, Ira Car, five of us, Ira Car, draw lots out of the out, and one of us will have to drive. So anyway, one of the lads is driving. There's three of us in the back, one in the front. Gone up to Sheffield. Excuse me, one uh, second. Who who organised this draw? Uh, not me, but I didn't lose. I was honest as they come in. There. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but we've so we've got a car and we've had a few beers on the way up, and four of us are drunk, and one of us is real grumpy, the driver. And we goes in the game, and it, we was in the. We got parked up at the ground and we goes in the game. We're in the Leppings Lane end, which is the season before all those poor Liverpool fans, God rest them, you know. And even that night, we it was crammed in there. And it was, it's just a League Cup game, you know. It was rammed in that Leppings Lane and It was a very shallow standing area with a big seating area mm. behind it at the Leppings Lane end. So anyway, we've won the game 1-0. And I, I think their goalkeeper, Sheffield Wednesday's goalkeeper's name was Martin Hodge. Made the biggest mistake I've ever seen from a goalkeeper. Let the ball go straight through his legs. We nick an Arsenal 1-0. So we comes out the ground. We're all happy and we get in the car. This is no word of a lie. On my kid's life, this is true. We've got the windows down in the car and we're driving along. and We're all chatting. We're not singing and shouting, but we're all chatting. Obviously, they can hear with Cockneys. And suddenly, this bloody great Yorkshire policeman, another policeman, runs up to the driver's side passenger window and lumps his fist through the window like that. Bang! And gives it the big F off you, Cockneys. Get back south. Straight through the front window, his fist went. And do you know what? What was the bonus? I was in the back, so I didn't cop him. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... And, 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 go on. And, and give, give somebody else a chance. Uh, guys, who wants to talk about the, the that final briefly against Luton? Um, no. Andy, uh, go... go. <laughs> yeah, well, well we, we, you know, I... I, I it was it was really strange, you know. We we'd gone a goal down, and then we brought on Martin A's, and I think we were two one up, weren't we? And I thought, yeah, I thought yeah. this is it. And and then we got a penalty, yeah, which we, yeah. we missed. 
but even when we missed the penalty, I thought this is us. You know, we're now, you know, because we come back to two, I thought we're going to like murder them, absolutely murder them. And then it all just fell apart after the penalty uh, miss. Yeah, I think that's good. Good now, something. Yeah, and then as as you know, we talked about earlier. Poor old Gus Caesar was fouled, which no Arsenal fan gives you know gives him any leeway for, and um, leads to them you know them scoring. And it's like it it just didn't seem right, right? The whole game, even though we were behind, I thought yeah, no problem. You could watch, you could see the way the team was playing. But yeah, we we we're going to come back. We'll win this, not a problem. And then at the end, it, it just became like Keystone Cops, and it's like yeah. where what how. How did that? How did we lose that? The thing is, it's typical of us, isn't it? In, yeah. In the cup final, we, we we beat the best team in the in the country one year. The next season, we beat we, we lose to, to you know a pub team basically. Yeah. Mm. So we're up to nineteen eighty nine, a fantastic year for Arsenal Football Club, but not a great year for Liverpool. Hillsborough happened. I know Trev said the previous year at that Leppings End, but it happened. In 1989, uh, in Leppings End, uh, the Hills Hills disaster delayed football for uh, um, wasn't that 89? No, yeah, that no, what? 88, 89, 88, 89. Okay, yeah, yeah, um, and the and, and it delayed the um. It delayed the end of the season. So the end of the season was played on a Friday night. It was put on ITV, um, which didn't happen often in those days. That um, league football was on on terrestrial TV. Uh, it was pre-Sky, pre any of that sort of stuff. It was normally, I believe, only the, like maybe the World Cup and, um, and 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 the FA Cup final and stuff that used to be on TV, uh, bar match of the day. Um, so uh, the wheels had come off for us in a little bit. We were coasting a little bit towards the title, uh, but the final two home matches against Derby and Wimbledon, we had a defeat and a draw. Didn't help that Liverpool went and thrashed uh, West Ham 5-0. So it left us with needing two goals to win by goal difference on that delayed game on uh, Friday, May 26th, after the Hillsborough disaster. George Graham, a tactical genius... Mark, answer that question. We are because we won. <laughs> oh Jesus, you are hard work sometimes, you know that. <laughs> he 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 set them up and he said, Right, don't let a goal in, in the first half, and we'll try to get breaks with any, and then the second half. And that's exactly what did what happened. Yeah. I mean what 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 else do you want us to say? Now he he changed the system around, didn't he? He played three he played the three centre-backs to start. He'd done three he at the back. He'd done Dixon, Winterburn, um, O'Leary, and, Bold, uh, and, yeah. um, and, and Adams. So um, O'Leary was like playing as like a sweeper, weren't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. O'Leary like was a sweeper, w. which, to be honest, was a really good system because he was a sweeper, wasn't he? He was a brilliant yeah. sweeper. Um, we, 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 I mean, I don't know, Liverpool seemed a bit, a bit becalmed during the game. It didn't really... It wasn't their usual... Gung ho thing, but I think because all they had to do was draw, wasn't it, or lose one nil, and that, and they'd won, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's what they they relied on, because you know I'm not convinced that Dalglish was a particularly great manager, um, but you know say so, uh, you know Graham set it up and we won, so. Well, it is it is the year of one nil to the Arsenal, so you could understand why Dalglish would go. Um, uh, well, I have to stop you. I have to stop you there, Fergus. 
one or two Arsenal only came in in nineteen ninety four. Okay. Because I'm getting ruined every week. Song was brought up in the nineteen ninety four European Cup Winners Cup campaign from the semi finals. Okay. Well, my 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 sentiment by that comment then let me clarify it for you mark <laughs> was <laughs> was we were very defensive under graham and we didn't concede many goals and a 1-0 win was like as good as a 10-0 win for others no, and, we were we were really he, we, we we used to score lots of goals under graham it was only at the, it was only at the end of it that we got really really defensive and then he used to win 1-0 that's how that's where it came about well it's, it's true isn't it we used to, we used to score a lot well, of goals well, we, we won that. We won the league that season on the number of goals we scored. Done it, that's yeah. what it came down to. At the end of the day, they had the same goal difference, but we scored more goals than them. Come <laughs> 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 back. Come back. We'll teach you some more, Fergus. Fergus that is great too. I was going. Andy's done me again like a kipper because we, we our defence that season wasn't as tight as Liverpool's. Fergus, we let in more goals. But we scored more goals, which is, you know, if you didn't know that fact, you would never think it was that way round. With our history of being a defense, a good defensive side, but we did actually let more goals in and we scored more goals. Than Alan, Alan Smith was top scorer in the first division that season. Mm. Um, but just going back to the West Ham Liverpool game and something that happened earlier on in the season, I, I think Arsenal should give strike a medal for um, another player who didn't actually play for us. And that was Leroy Rosinia of West Ham. Because he was the man who scored West Ham's goal in that 5-1 defeat. That single if goal. <laughs> if he hadn't scored that goal, we would have had to win 3-0. Now, 2-0 was, you know, was quite something. There's no way we would have won 3-0. Oh, no, no. But also, earlier in the season, we played West Ham in the FA Cup. I don't know. If, did you go to any of them game, either of them games, Trev? One of them was on the telly. I, I wouldn't be able to recall that. I wouldn't be okay. able to recall that. Mate. So we, we drew we drew two two at Upton Park. I'm pretty certain that one was live on the telly. And then the replay at Highbury, we lost one nil. Mm. And Leroy Rosinia scored that goal. Yep. Now, if he hadn't scored that goal, if you look at West Ham's um run in they got to I'm not sure if they got to the semi final, certainly to the quarter finals. But they had a nice, easy run to that point. And, and the chances are, if we'd had that same run, we would have got to the quarterfinals and possibly the semifinals. Yeah. And then that could have distracted us heavily from the league campaign. So yeah. I think, you know, those two goals that Leroy Rosinia scored mm-hmm. played a big part in us winning the league that season. So before you go, before you go, Trev, one one second. We're we're entering into the era where I've now moved over to London in '88, and I'm starting to remember and uh, some of the stuff you talked about. I remember the the football on TV that Friday night. We had a pub in uh, in Marble Arch, and I remember having the TV brought down, rolled down, and stuck on tables, and everyone gathering round. Uh, so yeah, I'm 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 really enjoying this. But before we go into the second half of this game, Trev, go and say what you're going to say, mate. No, I just wondered if I'm allowed to talk yet because you just told me to stop and. Not talking yes, anymore. You can. I'm allowed in now, am I? I'm allowed in now. You see, before you talk about the second half, I, I don't know if this is true. My head. Oh, you done? Are you done? Yeah. Once more, and I'm off. I'm going to put the same shirt on as you. Um, but um, Liverpool wouldn't have thought they were going to lose that game for two 0 Never in a million years. Right. 
Never in a minute. They were the best team in the country for years. Yeah. They, they're recording the league was second to none. They were multiple European champions and they weren't going to lose that game 2-0. They didn't have a clue. They thought they were home and dry, mate, I'm telling you. Well, that's how I view it anyway. And they got the shock of their lives because everyone's been talking this week about our number 10s and how famous they were and how great they were. No one's mentioned Stevie Bolt. No one's mentioned Stevie Bolt at number 10. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go on. You start it so you'll finish. I'm done. You can take over now with your superior. No, no, no. You mentioned about Stevie, Stevie Bold was playing number 10, that position number 10 on yeah, that was, night. Well, in them, in them, you didn't have squad numbers. You just said the team was 1 yeah. to 11. The goalkeeper was 1. Mm. And if it all worked out right, the winger was number 11. It went through the side. But Steve Bold played in number 10 that night. And he played at centre-half because we played five across the back or two wing-backs or wherever you want to put it. You know, it was, it was quite a new theory in those days. It wasn't something that happened a lot. And... So Stevie Bold wore number 10 and played at centre-half, which was may have even been unique, I don't know, in, in the Football League in them days. So, yeah, great number 10, Steve Bold. So seven minutes after the break, we take the lead. Winterburn curled in a free kick uh, um, from the right. Alan Smith glanced the ball over Grobbelar. Um, the Liverpool player surrounded the referee. Clayman Smith had touched, had not touched the ball, or he might have been offside, and and they were protesting about this goal. Um, I, I'll go to you, Andy, on this one. Um, it, obviously, the referee rejected. History says it stood. Um, mm -hmm. From your memory, uh, did, wh where were they coming from? Well, you know, it was Liverpool, Anfield, and they were, were infamous for getting. You know, the, the crowd at Anfield were infamous for getting on the referee's back and the officials back and it was it was one of those things you know you're watching the game and you're thinking that the way that it's going to go they're, they're, they're going to find something they're going to find something and I think that you know even the TV cameras were you know giving replays because it was it was the game was stopped for so long and I think they 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 said oh Alan Smith's got a brown mark on his on his forehead does that mean that he's you know he's headed the ball but the, the officials I think that the, the the linesman had said to the referee, "Yeah, he definitely touched it, and he wasn't offside." I, um, I, I actually got to ask Alan Smith that the question: "Did you actually touch the ball that night?" It was a um, it was a supporters uh, event. He said, "Get out! Don't ever ask me that question again." <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's the best now. answer he could give, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, followed on from that and what's probably the most spine-tingling uh, move in Arsenal in football history. John Lucas threw the ball out to Dixon. A raking pass found Smith, which found Thomas. Uh, Thomas threw the middle. Um, and, you know, he got a bit lucky with the bounce. Um, but here we go. Barnes has beaten Adams. Aldridge is waiting at the far side. Adams is after his well, this is playing. Don't forget, he, don't, he'd had exactly the same opportunity earlier on in the game and fluffed it. We had him yeah. The old goosebumps coming up now. Yeah, played it off his ass. Oh, over and over and over again. So, who was there, boys? Who was there? Any of you? No, I had the opportunity, but I just didn't fancy going up there on a Friday night. 
I wish How I much was, do you regret but... that? Um, I suppose I do now, yeah. I, I, I didn't think we'd win, to be honest, and that's why I didn't really want to go. I didn't want to go up and then have to make that journey, horrible journey back. I agree. I only thought we'd win half an hour before the game, and purely because of the company I was in. There's no other real reason. You know, as this place being here, Thomas has just scored that goal, and in a minute, Thomas plays such a cheeky back pass to Luke. Cool as you like, as laid back as you like here. Mickey Thomas, what? How cool have you got to be? You've just scored a goal, you're going to win the league, and he's, he's that cool that you do that back pass. Brilliant. Back in the day when the goalie could pick the ball up from a back pass. Absolutely, yeah. Those are the days. Yeah, I wish I'd gone, lads. But I'm in your boat, and I just didn't think we were going to win it. I made no effort. No. Wow. Listen, we we all we all got quiet just looking at uh, looking at that, just uh, recalling uh, it, and 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 I I do recall it, um, not probably as fondly as you guys because my passion didn't grow as much as it is now on, on, until a few years later, but this man at Anfield walks away with that cup, uh, George Graham. How uh, on? Uh, I'm trying to think of the right phrase uh, on a scale of one to ten, but how great was that achievement for a manager in that position to get to get? To, uh, how good is he in comparison to say a modern day manager? Um, Mark, you're going to give me a very short answer because I know you always do. How good? It's a different era, isn't it? It's not as about different players. You, whether you can compare compare him um, to, to a manager now. Because he probably couldn't get away with what he did with the players then that he, that he does now. Um, mm. So whether his whether his techniques would work now, I, I doubt very much, um, or more than one season, um, or two max. Um, and he got away with with you know being you know, being Gaddafi as it were for for, for many years. Um, so it's it's difficult to say. I mean. You know, it, it wasn't an era when players were in charge, the manager was in charge, the players listened to what the manager was was telling them. So it's, it's I don't think you can compare, you can compare, it's, it's a different era. Different era. But he's my favourite, he's my favourite manager that I've, when I've at, at Arsenal. Me too, Mark. Yeah. Me, too, mate. Me too, Yeah. I love the man. And as mm. much as he was, Gaddafi is a good term really, because he did strike you as being... This this dictator didn't he? But I don't, yeah. I don't I don't think the players disliked him, did they? Because if the players dislike you, they're not going to make that effort for you like their those players did. Then yeah, yeah. you know. So it, it, because you it, can see that you're playing for a whole, can't you? You're not playing for yourself anymore. You're playing for a greater, you know, for, for a greater a, entity. A team. Yeah, yeah. It was exactly. a team as well, wasn't it? They were. There was no real superstars there. No, no. It's like going back to the 70, 71 season. They're, apart from Charlie George, there's no superstars, and they all played for each other. Yeah, yeah. Just before we move on, Fergus, I'm sorry to butt in again, mate, but I just must mention a player that don't get mentioned enough from that '89 side, and it'd be interesting to get Andy and Mark's view. Kevin Richardson for me was the quiet assassin of that side. Mm. Superb player, 
Superb efforts for Arsenal Football Club mm. that season. Under the radar, just played his heart out every game he played and uh, needs to be mentioned more often as part of that side. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can remember when we signed him, and I thought, well, "What are we signing him?" Because I think we bought him from Watford. He won the league at Everton, Watford, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we signed him the season the eighty-seven, eighty-eight. What do we need mm. him for? And then eighty-seven, eighty-eight, he, he had a run of he scored about ten goals in twelve games. I mean, where did he come from? But yeah, that that season eighty-eight, eighty-nine, he was, you know, as you say, he he was just there, and he'd done absolutely everything that was asked of him, and. You know, if there, if there was uh, an anti-superstar, it was Kevin Richardson. He just did it, everything for the team. Absolutely. And I think if you speak to any Arsenal fan who went and watched, watched mm. the Arsenal in that era, they would all say exactly the same. Yeah, sort of player that any team would love to have. Just before we go, I don't know if you can see behind me, I've got a poster up on my... Slightly up on above your head. Yeah, it looks like a Jackson Pollock, but what it is, it's the pass map for the eighty uh, that game. So it's got all, you know, um, <laughs> red dots are Liverpool, blue dots are Arsenal. And you can't see it, but there's two white dots uh, where where we scored. Oh, brilliant. For, uh, maybe for, maybe for stick, a couple, a, uh, stick a copy up from, on Twitter and, uh, in the yeah, comments. Yeah, it's from a company called Goldhanger. All right. Yeah. So, so listen. I, I, I'm listening back to what you guys are saying about this formation of a team and thinking about the way Arsenal is today. And I just hope that there's a lot of these people we talked about social media at the very beginning. Hope a lot of these youngsters that uh, listen and 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 take their views on social media. Um, listen to this podcast in particular, whatever about the other ones about learning about the history, but to look at the parallels that where we are right now are just, just so unreal. 1991, we went almost undefeated. We only lost. Um, well, first of all, we won the league in 1991 without even kicking a ball. Liverpool lost one nil to Nottingham Forest at lunchtime. Arsenal walked out to a jubilant Highbury welcome. George Graham's gunners were worthy champions. They're not, uh, they're just, uh, lost once um, over the course of the season, which was a 2-1 defeat, uh, reversed at Chelsea. Uh, so we, we, we lost 2-1 to Chelsea, uh, conceded just 18 goals, keeping 24 clean sheets, uh, with David Seaman uh, uh, being a star of that famous back four. Um, in the end, we ended up with 83 points from the 38 games. Uh it, it, Talk to me about this season, you know, and added to that fact, in October, we got docked two points, Sandy, um, for the brawl at Old Trafford. Um, yes, so that, that had come about, I think it, it, it had been boiling up for a couple of years because mm. um, it was 87, 88, we played Man United in the FA Cup at Highbury. And uh, there's a massive crowd there. And Brian McClare missed a last minute penalty. Uh, much he, he he blasted it right into the. We just miss it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've heard say that Richard Branson passed that ball last week. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and and a couple of the Arsenal players um, had a little pop at him. You know, took the piss, took the pick, the Michael out of him uh, uh, after that. And then um, I think there was another incident where they. 
David Rocastle got sent off against Man United, where he'd been given a bit of a kick in. And so it had been boiling over for a while. And uh, in that game in October, um, I think it was Anders Limpar uh, was that down on the ground and a Man United player came over and kicked him. And that was it. Yeah, all no win, I think. Yeah. And, and 21 players were involved in uh, all sorts of scuffles. I don't think any punches were thrown. David Seaman was the only one who, uh, who, who steered clear of it all. Um, and then because... We'd been involved in a, an incident the season before with um, Norwich where something similar had happened when we ended up winning 4-3. We got the the, the, heavy, the heaviest uh, penalty with having two points dots and Man United had one point dot, which seemed a bit unfair really because, you know, Man United started it all off really. It was all down to them. It was damn unfair, let me tell you. Yeah. It was, a, it was a travesty of justice. But once again, Man United got away with a little bit and Arsenal didn't. Yeah. But it gave us a fantastic song. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which we, I don't think we can re re repeat on this uh, family broadcast. You can stick your... <laughs> no, probably not. Two points up, yeah. <laughs> Posterior region. You can <laughs> And the, But the best of it was the, 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 the night that we... Came that we you know, were champions, as you said, Forrest had beaten Liverpool. So we that evening we played, we came out as champions to a guard of honour from Manchester United. Yeah. Oh, wow. What, was that, what, the, that wasn't the night of that the microphones were on the referees and stuff? Was that in the Premier League era? We're, we're, we're going a bit more forward. Think, no, that, that, that was, no, that was uh, Millwall. Millwall, that was game against Millwall. It was Millwall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it was around that time. And I think that yeah, was yeah. I think that was eighty nine season in Millwall because um, mm. that was Ellery, wasn't it? The ref. It was, yeah. Yes. And when you hear Adams go, you cheat, you cheat. <laughs> it's quite, it's quite <laughs> I, I was privy um, just before all this lockdown stuff happened uh, at the in the March uh, twenty. What year are we in? Twenty one. Twenty one. March twenty twenty. Uh, yeah, March twenty twenty. I was in the boardroom. Um, something to do with the Arsenal uh, Fan Supporters Forum. And uh, it was to do with uh, VAR and how they were looking at changing with the T-shirt uh, rule and all this. And um, uh, they played us uh, the actual audio footage of referees now uh, talking to the players on the pitch. And Ellery is just as eloquent as some of the other players that were on that game at Millwall. He uses the same French language at uh, talking to players this very day. So, uh, you know, they, they all got to curb themselves if, if they want to go into that. I'd actually like ref uh, ref things a bit like you do get in, in rugby and F1 and everything else. So we've moved into the year of the Premier League. Um, I think Leeds won the last, am I right in saying Leeds won the last uh, first division? Yeah, first um, just please don't move on a second, mate. I know I cut you off a lot, but I've just got i I've got to make a statement here from my perspective, and I want to see what all three of you boys' thoughts are. That 91 side was a better side than the 89 side. I, I have no doubt that that we had, we had... George Graham had progressed that 89 side. We had, we had a poor 1990. I think it was a bit of a come down from the year before. But then in 91... Fergus, you touched on it just now, mate. We, we only let in 18 goals, but we're near top scorers again in the league. We scored 70-odd again in the league. Mm -hmm. And 
we've we're so close. It needs to be said we're so close to being the first invincibles. We lose a game at Chelsea that we shouldn't have lost. We lose it two one. I think did we lose? I can yeah. tell. Lost two one. Yeah, we lost two one. I think, I think that was the only game where Steve Bolt didn't play the whole game. He mm. Came off and we lost it. Yeah, an incredible achievement to let in eighteen goals in a thirty-eight game season. It's an incredible achievement. And that ninety-one side was, although they were both fantastic sides, that ninety-one side is is my favourite side under George Brown. And talking about you know Kevin Richardson had left by then. Yeah talking about players that came in and you didn't expect them to do what they did. Someone who came in halfway through the season and then he played absolutely fantastic, did the, did the job that he had to do, David Hillier. Mm. You know, yeah. he was a young lad and I've been watching him, him in the reserves and I, I didn't really rate him that much. I didn't think he'd make it in the first team because they kept playing him in different positions. They played him at centre-back and he's only a little fella. But he came in, they stuck him in the centre and midfield and he was hard as nails. And, um, you know, he was great at man marking. And George Graham told him, you go and do this. And he went and did it. And he's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a really nice bloke as well. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a a bit of a... Please don't talk about it, boys. But he's got a bit of a chalice around his neck, which he doesn't deserve, you know. So um, just leave it at that. Because he's a good lad, good man. Lovely bloke on Twitter. I don't know him personally, but he'll chat to you on Twitter. He didn't either. He didn't do that as well. Um, I don't think for a minute he did, Mark. I don't think for I, a minute. I he spoke did. to him at a book signing. Yeah, he told me everything. Yeah, um, I know. I, I, I believe you, Mark. Absolutely believe you, mate. Yeah. So ninety-three um, Premier League has started, um, but we concentrate on the cup. We win the League Cup again, the FA Cup. Uh, both finals um, against Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, I believe one of those is that... Correct me if I'm wrong. Is one of those the ones with um, uh, where we had to re... No, that was later. No, uh, my brain is trying to jump into like recalling mode. Uh, that, was in the that was in yeah, the finger yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. over. over. It, it, it is actually, yeah. T- uh, during the League Cup uh, winning, uh, Tony Adams dropped uh, goal scorer Steve Morrow, breaking his arm and putting him out of the FA Cup final. Um, but in the semi final against Tottenham, um, Tony Adams scored that goal um, when the donkey wins the derby. We've got um, a free kick then. Uh, Adams has now gone up as well. Here we go again. And Merson chips it in, and in came Tony Adams. And Arsenal oh. have taken the lead. Oh. And the captain. Look at those boys. That was a great free kick, though, wasn't it? Perfect. Where Adams was where he was. And turn the game round there. What's his stats on goals scored for Arsenal then? How many goals did he score then? I'd have to look that up, I'm afraid. Sorry, I should have warned you. We only scored four that What's that, Trev? Sorry? We scored four goals that season, Adams. One in the FA Cup, that one. One in the... One in the one in the league and two in the league cup. I've beaten Andy to it. <laughs> um, but all, all told, he scored 48 goals for us, which isn't too bad for a central defender. No. And we had that we had that corner, didn't we? 
to, to the near post for Bold to flick on and Adam steaming yeah. in like a rock at the back post, whacking it in. And I'm good, Fergus, you're gonna have to tell me to shut up again in a minute, but I'll only be 30 seconds. I've given this, up. This was a prime example of the red top newspapers at their very lowest. At their very lowest. We've got a young man called Tony Adams who's got his own personal problems that none of us knew about really at the time. And suddenly they stick a picture on their back page of the head of Tony Adams on the body of a donkey and start calling him a donkey. Why would you do that to a young lad? What what makes these these red top newspapers that are still a disgrace to this day? I've never ever bought one. What makes them stoop that low to do that to another human being? Tarring that young man with that with that with that label of being a donkey. And it still gives me great pleasure to this day to sing Donkey Won the Derby at the Tottenham fans because they deserve it. They deserve every second of it, mate. But a red top newspaper is disgraceful. Not not just that, you know. Just 10 more seconds. I watched the Paul Gascoigne documentary the other night, lads, right? And Paul Gascoigne fell out with all his family because he thought his family were, were telling the newspapers mm. all about him because he'd send his yeah. family messages on the phone. And the next day, the story would be all over the newspapers. And Gascoigne's falling out with all his family. Another young man that's got troubles, well-known troubles, that everyone knows he's got these issues. And it's the bloody newspapers for 11 years. Not a year or two. 11 years they hacked Gascoigne's phone. Mm. They nearly finished him. They're a disgrace. Anyway, back to the football, Fergus. I'm sorry, but I had to get that in, mate. No, no, that's fine. Fine. Uh, 93 was also another year. Mark, do you want to talk about the North Bank, the new North Bank? Uh, I think bonds from memory, bonds were issued. Um, it opened in August 93, costing £20 million. I think it was the fourth. Um, really, I stopped going then. You had stopped going, going by then. I, I did the same as Trevor. Um, I basically... I, I didn't like um, the fact that there wasn't any, the terraces were, were you know, they, they basically bought in seating. Um, I mean, someone's born in 94. So um, that was it, really. Went to the old game here and there after that. But I mean, my main period was what we've been talking about, to be honest. Um, I mean, the, the, the bond split split fans. Um, I mean, I know my brother had a, my brother had a seat. Um, but I... I, I as I said, I, I don't like sitting at football. If you're going to sit at football, you might as well sit in your front room and watch it. I'm telling. You. Well, myself, myself and Trev still in 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 the bowl, the Ashburton Grove, the, uh, the Emirates, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we don't sit in our seats. Um, I, the stewards are quite good. They just leave the North Bank. Uh, it stayed standing. And any time I was in the North Bank lower at Highbury, um, I never sat in a seat. If you sat in the seat, someone would call you. Yeah, it's, uh, still uh, it's still not the same, though, because you don't get the surges and you don't get all the other, you know, which obviously they wouldn't want. No, I, 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 I get and understand that. I, I Listen, I, I, I never attended a, a Premier League or a First Division game in England uh, like that, but I, I did go as a child uh, to Ireland. But, like, you know, you're talking about you're getting surged by cattle and sheep and a few people in between. So, like, you know, it, it's a completely different experience. <laughs> uh, Andy, um, your thoughts on... On, on, on that North Bank development, and then we'll go into uh, 94 and, and 95. Yeah, it was, it was a fantastic, you know, piece of architecture, you know, great um, step football stand, well catered for. But, you know, started, you know the Taylor report started to drag, take the soul out of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, and as Mark says, once it's all seats up, it's, it's just so little atmosphere there. 
it's very hard to generate an atmosphere you know, on the terraces you get a group of people together that wanted to sing together but they're just sort of like all over the place yeah why is that a key to the story here fergus a key to the story is is not so much the development of the north bank it's the development of the clock end the development of the clock end fell wrong for the arsenal because we developed it with executive boxes up the top and and they spent a lot of money in the executive boxes putting them in and standing underneath it and then the, the clock end stand wasn't very old at all when when they had to turn the lower tier of it into seating and I honestly think that if they hadn't developed the clock end when or before the legislation come in saying we had to go all seater, my view, and it might be just my view, is that there's a possibility that we might have stayed at Highbury because they could have what with the old clock end terrace, if it, if they'd have known it was going to be all seater, they could have made it much different. They could probably put another seven, eight, nine, ten thousand on the on the on the on the capacity because they had space behind the clock end. They had a lot yeah. of space behind the clock end, Fergus. They could have done a lot more there. There's also lot. there's also the flat the flats behind as well, so there'd be less objection. Oh, with, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a long way away though. Yeah, yeah, way, a long way away. Yeah. We had the I'm, train I'm, listen, I, clock end, Fergus. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but what, what what I mean is knowing the local residents and knowing how active they are even now about uh, the Emirates Stadium and Drayton Park and parking and this, that, and the other. Um, that I think if we were to redevelop the stadium there and maybe further again another time at the uh, the North Bank, we could have got away with the two ends being higher. Uh, I think you would have struggled with the listed uh, uh, East Stand and the West Stand with having uh, the houses right behind, I think. But yeah, a really good point. Huge, really, really valid point, Trev. Really valid point. Mm -hmm. 1994 European Cup glory. Sorry, just going back to 93. There were two things that happened well certainly one one thing that happened uh first married. game of the season 93 94 you got married oh, right. yeah oh, very nice <laughs> <Poor girl. laughs> you didn't get married on the first day of the season did you no <laughs> i'm looking so now. unfortunately for us the first game uh that was played in front of that new stand um was against coventry and you know we should have stuffed them but they came to us and fat boy Mickey Quinn scored a hat-trick and we lost 3-0 at home to Coventry. Um, not a good start for it, but that that game saw the, the birth of a, an Arsenal legend, Gunnosaurus. That was his first really? game. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Was, I, I know Jerry. Well, I don't know Jerry. That's not strictly true, Andy. I... I spoke to Jerry a few times briefly and he done me a right favour once at the Emirates and got me to see the FA Cup. A wonderful man, wonderful man. Mm. I wonder if he was actually Gunnosaurus from the very start then. I'm not sure. I believe, no. I, I believe he was. I yeah, do well, believe he was. His yeah. family was quite, was quite involved in the club for quite a while, weren't they? His son worked there. It was... The, the, the thing about Gunnosaurus was it was a 12-year-old... There was a, uh, a competition in the local schools... And I believe it was a some twelve year old boy who wrote uh, had a, a thing about dinosaurs. I maybe it might even been younger, and Arsenal. And he made a dinosaur with the the, the crest on front, and the, he won the competition. And I think he became a, a match day mascot for the day. 
and Gunnosaurus was invented. But Jerry, I believe, was Gunnosaurus right through till, unfortunately, he was made redundant. But he did do other roles within the club later on, mm. and okay. he did work full-time for the club, and he wasn't made redundant due to uh, being Gunnosaurus. So it was, there was a lot more involved than that. Listen, uh, without getting into that, uh, Cup winners, uh, the European glory with Cup Winners Cup, Kevin Campbell, uh, our friend of friend of the show, uh, really good fella. He's always open to jumping on uh, various podcasts. Such a friendly guy, and uh, me and and Trevor know him well. Trev, you've got him in in your in your speed dial on your phone, even. Um, well, not quite, but you know no. what I mean. <laughs> no, Fergus, I haven't got his speed dial in my phone. No, I'm, I'm not trying. <laughs> you, you, you are good friends with him. Kevin Campbell has. We, I'm not going to dwell on it because it's just not not for me to talk about it. But Kevin Campbell has been a real good friend to my family recently, and I will be forever in his debt. And he shows footballers in a light that we don't often see. I've told you about what he's done for me recently, Fergus Kevin Campbell, and he's a fine man. He's helped my family. He's he's, he's lifted my family in a, in a time when when a lot of us have been down. And I uh, will be forever grateful to the man and. I'll never, ever have a bad word said about Kevin Campbell. He's a top, top fella. And uh, I'll leave it there. Love you, Kev. Top man. On that note, here's his goal against PSG in the semi-final. Smith. Dixon. Looking to measure up across. Gets one in. It's a goal there. It's Kevin Campbell. There we go, Super Kev. Now we can sing it. Now we can sing yeah, it. Yeah, now we can sing it. <laughs> so this is the day the song was invented. Uh, no, this 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 no, era. First leg. Well, it, it, it's debate. It may, some people think it was sung in the Torino quarterfinal, um, but it, it's generally seen to be the, the away game that it came about because um, the opponents were singing their crew was, was singing a French version and it was just picked up by Arsenal and they you know, changed it. Um, and we went on then there afterwards to play against uh, Palmer in the final. Mm -hmm. um, and Alan Smith, we, we, what's, what that, what's that? What a great side Palmer were. They, mm. Fantastic, yeah. Fergus. Go on, carry on, mate. I'll butt in again in a minute. Go on, pal. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I, listen, yeah, I was just going to say, Alan Smith scored really, really early Smith. on with this goal. Dixon. Acrobatics, but it comes for Smith. What a cracking goal. What a cracking goal. What a cracking goal. Um, so Alan Smith uh, scores early. And we hang on, Trev. That's, 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 I think, what you were trying to allude to, how much we hung on there afterwards uh, to, to eventually pick up our one, and well, excluding the Fairs Cup, um, our major um, cup uh, victory. We did hang on, but I don't know how. One of these boys can enlighten us. Uh, 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 just, I don't know how Palmer did. No idea. Well. No idea how we did. Who did we that? Had, so, had Zola, Brolin. Was, yeah. was that Sprilla playing for him? Yeah, yeah. 
Mm. Yeah, he was. Yeah, they had an amazing side, and we scored too early. And we, I still don't know to this day how we've won that game one nil. I don't care. Like I'm over the moon. But <laughs> to this day, I don't know how we held on and won that game. But I'm so pleased we did. Andy, um, Mark, any idea? No, no. It was yeah. It's just one of them ones when you 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 just sitting on the edge of your seat. As it was about fifteen minutes, I think Smith scored in, wasn't it? Yeah, it's just like takes forever. It's just an eternity waiting for that final whistle to blow and hoping that we don't concede a silly goal, but we didn't. But then we had that that great defence there, didn't we? And this is, as you said, the one nil to the to the Arsenal, and and just the defensive back four that um, are five, which England took on as their um, their back five as well uh, through the Euros and the World Cups uh, in in that era as well. Ninety five wasn't as good for us. We got to the Cup Winners Cup final against uh, Real Zaragoza. Um, you know what? This this is one of my early so. When I met my wife in 93, her family and she had a little boy who I adopted and everything else. Um, uh, they were into Arsenal. I wasn't really into football. I was in sales and I started following the scores for my boy and my brother-in-law who were big into Arsenal and stuff like that. So through 93, 94, I remember the, 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 the Parma one. And like the 89 stuff, just because everybody knew about the 89. But 95, the Cup Winners' Cup um, against Real Zaragoza was probably the very first game that I literally sat down on front of a telly to watch the full 90 minutes. My son was sitting there beside me and he was he was just, he's, what age would he have been? Seven, six, seven years of age. And he sat there and at the end of the game, he was crying and I had to put him to bed and, and it was awful and he was crying because of unfortunately boys I'm going to have to show you this he was and it's gone in amazing David Seaman all he could do is lie in the back of his goal and with the most extraordinary goal possibly that's ever been scored in a European game, certainly in a European final, Saragossa looked as though they've stolen it. Right, did he mean right. it, Trev? Did, did, did he mean it? What? I don't care whether he meant it. I'm in a foul mood with you now because that's the only time Tottenham fans have been absolutely relentless for months after. And to this day, still, still mm-hmm. teach us about it. And we haven't got a comeback. I still think Seaman should have saved it, to be honest. I do as well. Seaman should have saved it. I do. Definitely. See, I think I think he was playing a percentages game. And that was what he that was what he played, and that was why he was so good. And if if he if he did played a different game, we would have let in a lot more goals, you know, in, in other games. Yeah. He he let a similar goal in the two thousand and two World Cup, didn't he? Yeah. Indeed. He did. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Mm. But that that was awful. Were, were we review two there? No, I didn't go. No. What's that? No, no. I'm just asking if that. Yeah, that's, that's the only European game I've been to, and it was. Um, I mean, the, the, we didn't have the greatest team. You know, the, the team that started to fall apart. We were playing awful in oh, the yeah. league. You know, we'd lost to Millwall in the FA Cup. That was a horrible yeah, night yeah. as well. We, we got locked in the pub uh, by the police. Um, to save our save our skins from the Millwall fans, 
but that that yeah it was a paris was a great trip for me i think we went away for three days a group of us on a on a on like a big on a, on a small coach and it was a great trip apart from that that game of football you know the, the team just wasn't good enough it's it's you know we've gone from 1991 fantastic team by 94 95 the, the players they'd started to fall away a bit you know even that that that, that famous defense adams was obviously got he's got his personal problems mm. um, and i think he had a few injuries as well people were constantly saying the defense is getting too old now dixon and winterburn were pushing 30. um adams was like i say he, he seems to have injury problems as well Merson had his problems that were going to come out. But I think they came out towards the end of that season, didn't they? Because George yeah. Graham was still yeah, there. Yeah, not long after the end of uh, George Graham's era at Merson, and then when Wenger came in, you had Adams. The Tuesday yeah. clubs were in full flow. The Bank of Friendship, uh, you know, it, it, it yeah. was, it, it was, it was off its time. Is that the fair thing to say, Andy? Or was it? Yeah, yeah, more but. Than that? but but the, the club itself, it, you know, Graham had obviously lost the dressing room as well. Mm. You know, if you if in his book, he said that he was going to go at the end of the season and he was expecting the, the um, board to perhaps offer him a, uh, a senior, more senior post, perhaps on the board. But then uh, the rumours started uh, coming out about his, uh, these, these transfer dealings and it, it wasn't named to start off with and then he was named and um you know it all came to a head uh, that that day in february and um the club sacked him so so talk to me about this so the george graham demise he leaves us in uh what it was 96 he left us wasn't it and then you well, said february. Nine, nine, this this season 94 95 no no oh, february was, it was february wasn't it yeah uh, okay Okay. Yeah, Burton Shaw took over till the end of the season, was it Burton Shaw? No, no, it was Stuart Houston. Of course it was, yeah. Stuart Houston, yeah. 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 Burton, and then, Burton then, Shaw then we... took over from Howe. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, I'm getting them mixed up, yeah, yeah. So what's your thoughts on 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 the bung gate and that without getting us any of us into trouble um what's your your thoughts on that like you know i think probably in in a lot of dealings in business there are uh what do i say things that make uh, uh just there's facilities that are used to just make a business uh, like you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Whether it's uh, you get this contract, we'll help you with this contract, and so on. Back further back, it might have been brown envelopes, it might have been uh, a hotel, it might have been whatever. What, what what's your thoughts on on this, Mark? I'll go to you first. Well, you don't want to say one thing, don't you? I've got no idea because again, none of us were involved in it. We, we don't know what actually happened. No, but I'm saying, what's your thoughts on it? Not, not, not. You're not well, going to know the facts. Well, my, my thoughts are, you know, um, he paid the money back. Um, you know, yeah. Was he the only one? I don't think it was an. It was. It was an. It was an exception, shall we say? No, that's what I was going to yeah. say. Yeah. Was 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 he the only one? You know, Venables, uh, no. others have all. Well, you don't know, do you? Little... You, don't yeah. you don't know, but 
the, the impression that I got from the whole from the whole thing was it wasn't an exception. He was just unlucky to get to get caught named and blamed, probably because the ball wanted to get rid of him. As Andy said, he wanted to go anyway. Um, they probably maybe didn't want him up, you know, at a higher level. You, you, you don't know. They used it as an excuse. Oh, we got him here. Blah blah blah. Let's get rid of him. I, I think that the papers obviously found out about Graham. It was the newspapers that exposed him, and then the uh, the FA conducted an inquiry, and they looked for other instances. Now, I, I reckon there were. It, it, you know, it, it's it's um, it, it's unbelievable that, that, that there weren't. And the, the FA said we can't find any other um, shenanigans that have gone on with transfers until Brian Clough died. And they found that Brian Clough had been involved. But I think that they didn't want to look too deep in case they found that it was rife and everyone was doing it. Hmm. And then you're going to have a whole uh, scandal within football being corrupt. And so they got their one man. He's the scapegoat. We'll, you know, we'll treat, you know, we'll deal with him and the rest of it we'll forget about. So it looks like we're, we're doing something about it and it looks like we're looking for it. But they didn't want to open it up, and you know, it, you know, the, the, the game in in, this, in England could have, uh, you know, fallen apart. Um, we started this. Uh, we started this program talking about uh, number tens, um, famous number tens. Uh, go on, Trev. Mate, you don't you don't don't use that tone, Fergus. But you can't move on from such. I'm not, no, 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 I'm not. Sorry, I'm not. I didn't mean no tone. Can't move on from such an important part of our club's history, the ending of George Graham's career, the, my favourite manager at Arsenal, without me saying, without me having my little bit on it, mate. And it, to sum it up for me, you don't have to name names. Um, whether he was or whether he was doing it, the papers say he was, the FA said he was, but as fans, we'll never know whether he definitely was or he definitely wasn't. I, I do agree with the lads. I think the board probably used it as a tool to help him out of the door where well, they undoubtedly did they want they probably wanted him out because the team was on a downward spiral but absolutely I'll, and, and i make no accusations here and i name no names but if george graham was the only bloke the only manager or the only person within football that was doing that i will eat my hat and then i'll eat it again because there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that if george graham was doing it Others were doing it. And I'll tell you what makes me say that, even, even more certain about that, is that we were at an age where agents were just starting to become very prolific and, and high standout people in football. Agents were becoming involved more and more and more, and it was that period when they were. And we all know what happens with agents, mate. We all know the millions and the millions and the millions of pounds that agents had taken out of football. And from my perspective, that was probably the start of it. George Graham got wrong side of it early doors and got mm. really unlucky. But in my view, no way was he the only one, mate. No way. No, I, 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 I totally agree and believe you. And, you know, we've got no evidence, no nothing. And everything we say is just like, you know, uh, it, our, our thoughts rather than anything else. But, yeah, um, uh, number 10s. Uh, talked about number 10s very, very briefly because uh, Brees... Rioch uh, became manager uh, shortly uh, for a short period of time. 
um, and he handed over to Arsene Wenger, which is the next sort of era we'll talk about. Um, but he did sign, and the, the most significant thing I, I think Bruce Rioch did was sign Dennis Bergkamp, uh, a famous number 10 mark. You had a number 10 Merson mug. We've re-signed um, ESR, Emil Smith-Rowe. He's one of our own and all that. Um, uh, on a, a, a long-term contract. Uh, your thoughts on, on the Iceman? Probably same as everyone else's. <laughs> I mean, Chuck me a bone. <laughs> I mean, what, what can you say about a player who was that good? We will talk I mean, much, much more about him. <laughs> to be honest with you, the only thing he did, he did, he did, which was bad in my view, was miss that penalty in 1999. Well, we'll, we'll we'll be talking about that next week. We will. Um, last thing, um, Andy, your thoughts on George Graham being manager at uh, that lot down the road? I, I think it's absolutely hilarious that Tottenham <laughs> have won only two trophies in the last thirty years, and one of them with a, is a by, with a manager who they absolutely detest. <laughs> 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 I think if, if they'd won any more trophies, they would discount that trophy that they won under George Graham. And then they sacked him for some spurious reason, got Glenn Hoddle in, and we beat them in the FA Cup semi-final in his first game. Take that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know but, what? But I, 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 that, that is a perfect... Go on, go, finish what you're going to say. Yeah, sorry. One, one, one last thing about George Graham... At the time, I didn't agree with the way that the board managed it. I think that they should have taken a bit more time to find out what had happened. Yeah, that, and, and they they gave a knee-jerk reaction. They just sacked him. And at the end of 94, 95, me and my brother, with the decline, you know, the way that the team was playing, we both decided we're going to give up our season tickets. It's a form of protest of the way that George Graham was ha managed or handled by the uh, the board. So we gave up our season tickets. Or we said we were going to give them up. Basically, we didn't renew them. So we've got to the renewal date and we're still, I mean, an orange. Should we renew or not? Should we renew or not? And we decided no. And then I think it was about three days later, we signed Dennis Bergkamp. And everyone that was wanted a season ticket was on the season ticket list. All said, yeah, we'll have a season ticket now. So after that season, I was never able to get a season ticket again. I think if you're on the list for a very short time, you might get one yeah. right now, especially as a single. So, um, Trevor, any final words before we close? Because I think uh, Andy Andy summed it up nicely there with uh, laughing at Tottenham. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a wonderful chat again with these boys. It's you know, I, I started the show thinking, am I going to be able to? To have an input here because I didn't go to that many games, but I've, I've ended up outstanding. We welcome a bit, really, with some of the things I've said. But once again, Andy and Mark, fantastic. It's and, and Fergus, some of those films you've dug out tonight, you've really upset me with the Naeem one, to be honest. But the rest of them, you've had me going, mate. You know, you've you've had me welling up. You've had the airs on the back of me next time to then, because it's all about Arsenal. It's all about how great we are and. Uh, yeah, so thanks for that, mate. And thank you two boys for another brilliant hour and a half. Hour and a half? Where did that go? 
<laughs> I know, I know. We, we only it's, scratched the surface. I know. That, 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 that's the thing, though. It is only scratching the surface. It's talking about the Arsenal history, telling like it really was. And if we got into detail, we could probably do an hour on each year in some of these uh, scenarios. Oh, easy, our next yeah. one... Our, our, our next one, especially with you two guys, because, well, maybe not Mark. Mark could probably get a decade in about four or five minutes. But, like, you know, that that's that's different. <laughs> Got to be succinct, mate. Got to be succinct. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, the next one we'll do is uh, 96 to 2018, uh, the Venga years. Um, we will see Mark's hat. Um, we'll talk about FA Cup glory. We'll talk about moving stadiums. We'll talk about invincible years. We'll talk about much, some great players uh, and, and much, much more. I really do hope you've enjoyed this. Uh, we'll um, post up on Twitter and uh, uh, on YouTube and audio platforms. If you like what we do, just click a like. Follow the guys and read their website, The Arsenal History. Uh, but thank you very much, everybody. I'm starving. I didn't have any dinner before this started, so I've got to go. Mm -hmm. Thanks very much, guys. One nil to the... You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.